Greetings, programs and users. It is time once again for another episode of Old Nerds Drinking. I am John Patrick, the Master Control Program, and as a special treat, here with me once again in the Nerd Cave is Rojan. Special treat? <laughs> <laughs> you make it sound like I like made you do sit-ups or something like that. Well, you did bring food, <laughs> I so... Did. I did bring food, yes. Most unusual food, actually. Oh, yeah, this is... Uh... This is an, an old nerd's drinking first. We have Taco Bell chicken wings. It's nobody's ever done before. Yeah, yeah, but your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. They, I've, I, I'm not going to lie, I've already had one. Not here, but I've already had one. And they are rather good, surprisingly. Um, I'm not sure what they coat them with. It's some kind of taco crack. But they do taste very well. Here's a napkin for you, by the oh, way. Oh, I thank, I thank you. Uh, honestly, they look like Gordon, like standard Gordon's Food Services chicken wings that are probably just deep fried. I, well, so, I mean, it's kind of hard to fuck them up. Yeah, I mean, how do you how do you screw up wings, right? You know? Um, Undercook them. That well, is the answer. Let's just dive right in. You want to take a bite now, or do you want to do you want to talk about what we're drinking? Or I was going to say, first, let, because we're going to need to uh, drink with our food. So, I am drinking a Bacardi Lime and Soda. Let's be honest, it's basically just a Bacardi uh, hard seltzer, but I've had one before and they actually taste like lime. Not like as it was bottling, somebody was putting static in a can and thinking of lime when they did it. You know, that's funny. Whenever, because I do drink seltzers myself, um, I, I drink White Claw. I have no shame in admitting that. It's lower in carb. Hey, whatever. Ain't no law when you're on the claw. Um but the Bacardi one apparently is supposed to taste actually very good. So I, I haven't tried that one yet. I found this one for uh, Red Tagged at Myers for, uh, I think, like $9 for a four-pack. Because, man, those things are expensive. They have now, but they're expensive as well. They're $16.99, I think. And they are four packs of THC-infused um, seltzer waters that are 8% THC per can. And I'm, I'm very curious to try one, but I don't want to pay that much, you know, <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I so, know. Um, I mean, it's no secret. I do I do edible marijuana, you know, but uh, they're, they're coming out with all of these new things now. They're coming out with drinks and all this kind of stuff. But I did want to try those Bacardis. Um, I guess, are they still making them or are they done making them? So, so. I, th I think what it might be is it's more of a summer drink. So they make a stock during the summer, but during the winter months, they don't make them. Because, I mean, when you get right down to it, Hard seltzers tend to be more of a summer drink. Yeah, um, yeah. And cocktails in the winter. That's how it goes. And that's kind of, honestly, like, in the summertime, that is when I drink the seltzers. When it's hot outside, it's more, it's not heavy, you know, like, like exact, beers or whatever. Exactly. So, you know, I don't I don't have any shame in admitting that I drink seltzers, so, you know, whatever, you know. <laughs> Chastise me if people want to, I don't care. <laughs> right, and Rojan, what are you drinking from the, the fridge that beer forgot? Um, the Rochester Mills Peanut Butter Cup Milkshake Stout. I love... Almost everything that this particular company makes, with the exception of the other one that was in there, which was the mint chocolate chip one. And the king cake, which uh, was, I believe, vile on several levels. I don't remember if I liked the king cake or you not. You despised it. Yeah, it, maybe, it, it was actually like a it, yeah. point of contention that, yeah. like, we split the pack and I gave you that one kind of knowing it was the dud. Yeah. 
This year's was great. Every flavor in this year's holiday pack that they came out with was awesome, and you couldn't find you them could. anywhere. Like, even I tried all my usual, usual places, and I could not find it. I was Same so here. disappointed. Like, every flavor in that in that pack was spot on. Like, every beer in here sounds like a great milkshake stout. Because so. I'm a fan of, I like milkshake stouts. I like stouts. I like heavier beers. Um, yeah, yeah. Drinking stuff like Budweiser, it just, I mean, it's great for making beer cheese and stuff, but it just, that doesn't taste like beer to me. It's not good beer, in my um, opinion. So I just finished, well, you, you know what, uh, let, let's try these wings and then, and okay. then we'll go into what I just read. Um, they are exceptionally crispy, I will say that. And so. they come with, and they come with the uh, Taco Bell Mexi Ranch. Oh, yeah. Okay, eating sounds on the way. Good crunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're great. I like them. I'm not getting any spice other than the Mexi Ranch, but yeah. They remind me of wings from somewhere, and I can't remember where they remind me of the wings from. Yeah, same thing. I can't I can't quite figure it out. I think, now that I come to think of it, I think that it reminds me of like Coney Island wings. Coney like when Island you, wings? Yeah, like when you're at a Coney Island and you order a, like a, an appetizer at chicken wings. I think that's what it reminds me of. Like bar wings. Right. Yeah. Hmm. I'm not going to argue with you on that, but then again, I do like bar wings. I'm a wing whore. Hmm. I love chicken wings. I, I am the embodiment of the Doors songs. Right. Um, um, eat more chicken wings than you have ever seen. This, I will embarrass myself eating chicken wings. Now I remember. Now I know what this reminds me of. There was a bar in Wyandotte called Sports. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And during Red Wings games, they used to do 25-cent chicken wings. And this is exactly the same kind of, like, chicken wings they used to do. They're just not cheap. That's the only problem. Right. Mm. But they are tasty, damn it. They have this party pack you can get now where it comes with wings, a Mexican pizza, and some tacos. Mm. It's like 20 bucks. And I could totally see, it's it's a good thing that, like, I'm a very responsible pot user. Like, mm. when I'm doing edibles, I don't drive, I don't do anything, and when I do it, it's like, I'm making sure somebody else is driving if I have to go anywhere. It's a good thing that there's not a Taco Bell within walking distance of my house. Oh, yeah. Because I could totally see my ass eating a couple of gummies and being like, hey, I think I'm going to walk up and order me a whole bunch of, you know, Taco Bell. And going up there and ordering, like, two of those damn things and having two Mexican pizzas, ten wings, and, like, twelve tacos... And being like, I got the munchies, man. <laughs> I I am also one of those people that when they come out with the big giant, like the big fuck you nacho box, mm-hmm. like I'll be the one that'll order that every once in a while. And then I ask the question, why am I fat? Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, sir, the problem is you use marijuana and you're buying fast food. Right. Your problem is Taco Bell exists. The other problem is, is I have... Just barely within walking distance, but it's just far enough away where fortunately my high ass won't make the walk, but there is a white castle not too far away from me. And I would be that guy that would walk up and walk through the drive-thru and order the food. Like the guy at the window, hey, I, I want a sack of 10 double cheeseburgers. Wah, 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 wah. Yeah, and a large order of fries. Wah, 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 wah. Yeah, with everything. You know, and the people behind me would be sitting at the car staring at me like, what the hell is this asshole doing? You know, that would be me. But the, the craziest thing I've ever witnessed in my life is I once witnessed a elderly female attempt to go through the drive-thru on a rascal scooter. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now, I know everybody out there listening right now is going, hey, dumbass, you know, you can Uber food to you, right? Or Uber Eats or something like that, right? Well, you know what? In the before times, in the long, long ago, you can do that. <laughs> the long, long ago. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm almost 51, so I'm still of that generation. I was at work the other day, and one of the, uh, the uh, younger employees was like, We've got one of those like honor system snack boxes they'll they'll put it in the break room. And he comes out and he's got a thing of potato skins. Oh yeah, I was curious about this story. And he's like, dude, if you've never had these before, man, these potato skins are legit. And I literally looked at him and I'm like, do not quote the deep magic to me, son. I was there when it was written. And then gave him a impromptu history of the potato skin. As it has existed under like three different brands, and going so far as the fact that the potato, the original Keebler Elves potato skin theme song still lives rent free in my brain. And just bust it out. Potato skins got baked potato appeal because they're made with potatoes and skins that are real. It's like, yeah, that, that shit just lives rent free in my brain. There are times when I'm amazed we get laid. I know. <laughs> it's like, can't remember why I walked into the kitchen, but you know, a jingle from a TV show or like a jingle from a commercial for a food product from 30 years ago. Yeah. That shit's staying. I remember, um, before that we started on the show, we were talking, um, cause I brought the wings over and we were talking about like fast food things from the past that are no longer with us. And I remember for a short period of time that Burger King tried to do ribs. And they were really expensive. They weren't that great. And it took forever to, like, if you ordered them, like, you had to pull off to the side and they would bring them out to your car because their ribs are not exactly something that's right. fast food ready to go. Um, what was the, I think it was called the McDLT, the hot side hot and the, the cool side yeah, cool? The McDLT. Yeah. yeah. I actually worked at McDonald's when they made those. Uh, uh, and, or no, I take it back. Not those. Uh, I had to do the arch deluxe. That was the thing when they were trying to make McDonald's older and hipper. Mm -hmm. Um, as far as fast food gimmicks, uh, one of my favorite is for a very limited time. Arby's does the venison sandwiches. Yeah, good luck getting one. Dude, I try every year and like every- I've never had one yet. I'm told they're delicious. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, cause they- like, I think the, the Arby's by me gets enough to make, like, ten sandwiches. And, man, they go fast. <clears throat> so, let's uh, take our first drink now that we've finished our uh, snack. Clink. Clink. Is there anybody we got to pour one out for? God, I do not think so. It's the first time in... You know what, though? We do need to pour one out uh, for Jeremy Rayner. Oh, yeah. Um, absolutely yeah absolutely he actually because he got he got messed up bad oh I, I heard he lost a leg i don't know if he lost a leg or not i don't know, google it see but i know his cousin was in front of it and he jumped back into it to try to get it out of the way or to stop it and then his result yeah. got run over himself but did stop the snowplow from <clears throat> from um crashing into his cousin or something like that I don't know if he lost a leg or not. I haven't really followed up on, on what damage he took or whatever. I was just like, he's alive. He's posting. Good. He's going to make it. Uh, let's see. So if he wasn't done with Marble before, he definitely will be now. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, was taken to the hospital. New Year's Day incident. He suffered blunt chest trauma requiring two operations, according to a statement by his publicist, and was discharged from the hospital on the 16th of January. He broke more than 30 bones in the accident. 
Ooh. Yeah, getting run over by a snowcat might do that to you. Yeah, dude, it's, uh, and like I said, he literally was a hero pushing, like, his nephew out of the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, it, it, oh, man. Here's the thing, though. Like, he could still show up again in Marvel movies, but as a supporting role to, like, the, you know, Kate Bishop now taking over or whatever, and he still could show up in the back, because he was more, his character was more or less done anyways. So yeah, he, he was, off. I was going to say, he was kind of on his way out of Marvel. Yeah. So, I mean, this, this is not, I mean, like, this just gives him a, uh, more of a reason to, but, you know. And if they I mean, wanted to, they could incorporate that into, you know, the whole world of things, you know, like, hey, I'm done, I'm beat up, blah, 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 right. you know. But, I mean, even, even just outside of Marvel, he was a really funny guy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, hopefully, like, after he recuperates, we'll still see him and stuff, because, you know, he's just a fun actor. Yeah. Yeah, he was. He was. Uh, um. So yeah, yeah. One one for Jeremy Rayner. One for Jeremy Rayner. A true hero. Clink. Um. So since we're talking about potato skins, this got me thinking because you know, I I saw your post earlier about that, and it got me to thinking that, and I didn't know this. Call me an idiot, but I didn't know that Pringles aren't actually considered potato chips. No, they're like some weird subcategory. Um, Look it up. I want I'm, now. It's got me curious now. Pringles are actually made from dehydrated processed potatoes, so technically they're not really potato chips. It's basically like if you took instant mashed potatoes and smushed them into a wafer, that's what Pringles are. Now, <clears throat> this brings something this brings something immediately to mind. There's the opposite to this. Have you seen where people are taking bags of Lay's potato chips and making mashed potatoes out of them? Because apparently everything that you need to make mashed potatoes is already in the chip. The salt is in there. So they're just boiling them. I have never used... Well, I was going to say, do you mean Lay's potatoes or do you mean Pringles? I would see... Potato chips in general. Yeah. Um, No, I have used um, potato chips as like a... uh, a breadcrumb substitute for frying chicken. Yeah. Um, and that's a, especially if you use salt and vinegar chips, like kettle salt and vinegar chips, smash them up and then use that in your breading. Holy crap, does it, is it just magic? I've done that with uh, Flaming Hot Cheetos and I've done it with Doritos. It didn't work so well with Doritos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's corn based. That. Yeah, plus it, there's oil in the corn so it doesn't want to stick to the food for whatever reason, whereas the Cheetos seem to do it a little bit better for whatever reason. But I've done it that way. But, um, which also got me thinking a few years ago, there's a recipe out there and you're going to laugh when I say this, but it's really, really, really good. And I would do it again in a heartbeat. There's a recipe out there for, um, White Castle stuffing. No, I actually have heard of that. I mean, it's really good. I was going to (laughs) say you're a traditional stuffing. There's two times, two types of stuffing. You have your white bread stuffing and then you have your cornbread stuffing. And I mean, yeah, White Castle bread is just white bread rolls, but it's already greased and it already has onion flavor infused in it. So yeah, it would make a pretty damn good. It uh, made really good stuffing. Like we made it as a joke. It was like, like, okay. Like if we were talking, there's an episode that I want to do with me, you, and one of our friends and stuff. We were having a conversation about a certain condiment. And I don't want to say what it is because I don't want to ruin the episode because I'm, I'm, I'm dead set on us doing that. Yeah. And I would make the, the, um, potato chip mashed potatoes in that, in that environment, in that setting, you know, we would just, we just have to have crazy a dinner of some kind. So I kind of want to put that on a list of things that we absolutely must do, but 
So there was something, there's a couple of things we, we started, a couple of tangents we started down. Yep. But there's one I've kind of, the uh, the potato skins thing kind of brought up that's been niggling in the back of my brain for a while. Is that you and I are probably the last generation that will ever experience lost media. I was talking to one, it was a similar situation. I was talking to one of the younger gentlemen at work. And we were talking about uh, former Detroit former Detroit Mayor Kwame Kilpatrick, and he mentioned a song one of the radio stations had made called "Party at the Manugian. And he is the first human being I have ever heard reference this song because I remember hearing it on the radio, but that song doesn't exist anywhere. Mm-hmm. It was. Early in, like, the internet age, not all these things, like, not all radio shows were immediately archived to podcast. So it's just one of those things that exists only in the the memories of the few people yeah, who heard it. Ether. There uh, is another song. I'll cut you off and I'll let you finish. Okay. I'm going to let you finish, but first I'm, I'm going to say this. <laughs> there was another song out there called Coleman's Train. Which at the time, there's um, for people who don't live in Detroit or for listening to us wherever, there's a monorail that small monorail that ah. goes around Detroit. And Mayor Coleman Young really wanted to have this monorail put in. And at the time, Mayor Coleman Young was a very corrupt mayor of Detroit. We've had a lot of corrupt mayors of the city, and um, so they took Purple Rain and they made it into Coleman's Train. And this they would play this song every once in a while on the radio. So going back to the point, lost media, and it just reminded me that there's things, there's TV shows that may have only got a season or maybe have only got a pilot or something that got canceled right away because they were just terrible ideas. I remember specifically there was one and it was called The 100 Lives of Blackjack Savage. That was literally the title of the show. It was about a billionaire who had a private island and had a heart attack and when he did, he was visited by the ghost of a pirate named Black Jack Savage, who was the previous owner of the island, um, and informed that he was going to go to hell. And the only way he could save himself is if he helped this ghost save a hundred lives to make up for the lives he killed as a pirate. And of course, the, the millionaire has like a super fancy, super high-tech jet boat. You see the way this is yeah, going. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I remember this. I I've, think it was on like Channel 7 or something. Yeah, it was then. on one of the major networks. I believe it had a pilot movie and maybe aired two episodes. And from the movie to the episodes, they changed the actor who played the pirate. This brings up another memory because... What you know, my it's no secret my love for bad movies and TV oh, yeah, shows yeah, yeah. and stuff. There was a show that was made in 1979 called Super Train, and it is still regarded as the biggest television, most expensive, biggest television show failure ever. I, I think I vaguely remember. You hearing can look about it up. This. It's still. I think you might still be able to find an episode or something like that on on YouTube because um, it's on our list of, of things to watch because it's so bad. Um, but there's lots of shows like that. Then there's shows that should never have existed that somehow got a second season. There was a show called Small Wonder. Oh, I remember that. And it was terrible. And everybody was like, how did this show get a second season? And the reason why is they literally had nothing to fill the space. So by default, this show got it. 
now I remember how I know Super Train. Um, it was the love boat on, on, on a train, but it was supposed to be sci-fi. Yeah, it was very like sci-fi. Um, and maybe a little bit of, a little bit of the inspiration for Snowpiercer. Um, but I'm, as you know, I'm big in like the model and prop communities mm -hmm. on, and following that. And there is a guy who has been restoring the original, I think it's like a one quarter scale model that they use for the filming of the super train. Mm -hmm. So the actual prop of the train exists out there somewhere. Mm. There, there is a lot of that. I mean, other than local radio station stuff, there is still a lot of that media out there. Right. And, and some of it exists and some of it you can find on YouTube, but there are things that are just completely gone. I remember when in the eighties there was a sitcom and I have no idea what the plot of the sitcom is. I don't remember anything. I don't remember the title. I don't remember the actors. All I remember was that it was canceled after the third episode. And they literally filmed the actors. One of the actors is about to get on a plane. And he comes back off the plane. And he's like, well, it's been canceled. And they're like, the flight? And he's like, nah, the TV show. Wow, during the show? Yeah, that wow. was and that was the last episode that ever aired of the show. We were talking at work yesterday about Elf and how the series Elf ended and because um, they thought they were going to get another season and the season ended with the the government raiding the house, capturing Elf. Elf. Yeah. I thought you were saying Elf. No, A L F, Elf. Yep. From, you know, from Alien uh, life form. Yeah, he ate cats. Mm -hmm. And um and they said, I, th I think they said something in the show about now we're going to take you back to our lab and dissect you. And that was how the show ended. So everybody that was like, everybody was like, well, what, is Elf dead? What and then they, they did another one later on, but it was different. It wasn't right. the same. And it didn't and there was a, There was an animated series based off yeah. of it. But yeah, I'm a sucker for stories. I always want more stories. I literally, uh, just, just as we were uh, getting ready to record, I f there was a book I found at Barnes & Noble called Swashbucklers. Uh, written by Dan Hanks. Uh, I started reading this the day before yesterday, and I haven't put it down until I finished it today. Uh, and it's basically, imagine the Goonies. Um, but uh, One-Eyed Willie was like a mystical ghost pirate, kind of like Scooby-Doo, and they defeat him. But then like 30 years later, as adults... Nobody remembers what happened in their town. Nobody remembers the like all the evil that happened. And now it's starting to come back. And the four kids who fought him off as kids are now in their 40s and have to come, come back and battle the evil. Sounds like it. Yeah. It, so it's this new genre I'm finding more books in called uh, Kids Who Save the World and Then Have to Come Back as Adults and Do It All Again. Mm -hmm. uh, there's It. There's this book. Uh, there was a comic book I read uh, called Long Ago and Far Away. Um, so, yeah. But it's uh, I just finished the book, and I'm like, fuck, I need a sequel. I, <laughs> I need a sequel or a prequel because I need more of the story because there's there's more to be told. And I even say, like, literally as we were getting ready to start filming, I am tweeting the author and like, please give me more stories. Because <laughs> I'm a sucker for that. I want to know more. I love expanded universes. That's why I loved the Star Wars novels and the Star Wars role-playing game. It's like, I want to find out more about the universe. That's how I am. We've had this conversation before. I like worlds. Yes. Like, I've, I watched the new Lord of the Rings series on Amazon, mm -hmm. and I didn't think it was that bad. I, I don't understand where a lot of the hate's coming from. It takes place 
much, much earlier, but it's still Lord of the Rings, and I still like so, being in that so world. So the problem is, it was, it was very clearly intended to be the Cimmerillion. However, because of licensing with the Tolkien estate, they couldn't license the Cimmerillion. That's a uh, hard book to read. Have you ever tried to read that book? Well, it, it's because, a bitch. <laughs> because it's not a book. It's a collection of yeah. notes. Yeah. Um, but there are very historic things that it talks about and tells the story of, which is what you want Lord Rings of Power to be. And it's like, yeah, we can't talk about that shit. I still didn't mind it though. Oh no, I I, I yeah. only watched I only watched the first couple of episodes, uh, but I liked it. Yeah, it was cool. And, like I loved Durin and his wife. They, they were like my favorite part of the entire show. Mm-hmm. Um, the new um, Game okay. of Thrones. Uh, you didn't like the new Game of Thrones? I refused to watch it. I literally refused to watch it. I refused to emotionally invest myself into it. After the shit they pulled with the Game of Thrones series. I get that. And it's just like, nope, burn me once, shame on, shame on me. Burn me twice, or no, what is it? Burn me once, shame on you. Burn me twice, shame on me. Yeah, no, no. It's like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to invest time and energy into this show. I would if, I would agree with you if it was the same people, but the way that the, the, the writers that they have and what they're doing with this show, they won't do that again. And honestly, it's just not... It's not a story I'm interested in. It's okay, like, I can buy. I, I can understand um, that. They pitched when Game of Thrones was at its height. They had pitched three sequel series or three spinoff series, and all of them were better ideas than this one. I think one of them's still going to happen, though. So yeah, there there is the Jon Snow one still supposed to. Oh happen. no, that wasn't even one of them. It was they were either going to do a series that told the story of the first the Andals and the First Men. So it would have been like about the first time the White Walkers came when Bran the Builder built the wall, um, and all and like the Northmen were like the the uh, most powerful kingdom. Uh, the second one they were going to do was going to be the Targaryens invading um, Westeros. So basically, the coming of the Targaryens, um, and then the third one was going to be Robert's Rebellion. And it was going to tell the story of Robert's Rebellion. Uh, Now, that is the one that I think is still in development. Here's the thing. And people can hate me for this if they want to. And I get a lot of hate for this. I didn't like the books at all. Oh, God. I I couldn't stand the books. I barely made it through the first book. And the only reason I made it through it was because I did it on audiobook, which is the same same thing with Dune. The only reason I made it through was because I listened to it on audiobook. I, I couldn't. I, I mean, I listened. Everybody's like, "Oh, you got to give them time." I kept listening to them. We well, was just going to get good, and there was just a bunch of useless characters and yeah, plots like, that went like nowhere. You, 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 th- you think there's you think there's too many characters in the TV show? Realize that they condensed characters down. Yeah, for the, the TV the show, show. Like, I like the shows better because it's a more condensed, better told story. And you they, know, and they the got people like, oh, how could you say that? And I'm like, I, I'm sorry. I just didn't like. Them. I tried. And, I read all of them. You know. And it helped for the TV show. They got, they assembled an amazing ensemble cast. Like, there is no single standout of Game of Thrones. Literally everybody who's involved with it is amazing. Mm-hmm. There is nobody in Game of Thrones who I would recast. There's nobody I can think of who could, I would say, could do the roles better than the people who did them. Um, like, like, honestly, it was just... I was so crushed by how poorly they threw together the last season. I honestly hope George R. R. Martin rewrites the books 
like he says, like he's been threatening he's going to do. He ain't going to do it. He, he's never going to do it. Gonna do it. Yeah. Plus, he, he's, he's already knee-deep involved with, with the new Game of Thrones show. Yeah, so. he, he's going to Robert Jordan that shit. He's going to be on death's doorstep and have to find somebody yeah. to finish the series that's, for him. That's not going to happen. And I can see, I mean, he says he's going to finish it, but I can see him not doing it because in his, you know, and I would be the same way. I'd be like, well, it's it's already told, even though it's not my story. Well, he's like, mm, I'm making shitloads of money doing this. And let's be real. Not having to work that much. Yeah, let's yeah. let's be real. Authors make chump change. Mm-hmm. Like from the books, the only, the very, very few circle of authors who got wealthy from their books, I mean, I could probably name, I could probably on one hand name people. Um, and, and everybody else, it was licensing rights. The one show that I was not satisfied, and I know you'll agree with, because me and you are both uh, lovers of this author, the Dresden Files show was just... I didn't uh, mind the Dresden Files well, show. It was all we had, but... So it's, they made the mistake. So I'm going to reference another, like, oddball piece of media. Uh, when I was growing up, there was a detective series of books I read, The Nero Wolf Mysteries by Rex Stout. I never read them, but I remember them. Um, yeah, they're they're very, like... Early forties ish, mm-hmm. uh, very thin the paperbacks. Noir yeah, d- detective noir stuff. Yeah. Um, I loved them reading it, uh, reading them as a kid. Um, and they tried to make a TV show out of it with uh, Timothy Hutton played the main character, and I love Timothy Hutton, um, and he was perfect for the role of Archie Goodwin. The problem was they tried to condense an entire book into an hour TV show yeah. and it failed. And that's exactly what they did with the Dresden Files. Well, they, they tried like... to condense an entire book into a one hour TV show and it never felt right. What they should have done was acknowledge the books and the characters from the books, but try to tell stories unique to the TV. And they were waffling. It was like some of the episodes were retellings of the books. Some of the episodes were individual stories, but it, it, it never felt like they had a cohesive vision of what they wanted the show to be. And that's why it always felt flat to me. But I love the, the guy who they had playing Harry Dresden, the guy who they had playing Bob, like all great. Oh, the guy they had played Morgan was wonderful. Like just, he fully embraced just the menace of Morgan. See, I think they could redo it now, but they would have to do like they did with like Game of Thrones or something where each season is a book. Exactly. That's, you know, you could that is what it needed to be. You could do a season or... Plus with a, with a setting like Amazon or Netflix, which I hope it doesn't go to Netflix because Netflix would cancel it. Um, you know, you could do it there and you would be able to show sex and things like that where you couldn't do on a regular, like you couldn't do Stormfront eh, on a regular television show. You could. Yeah. Um, because Dresden is very much PG rated. I mean, there there is... I mean, the one book was about a porn... That's how he met his brother was through a porno shoot or something right. like that. But there wasn't like a lot of like, hey, we're walking in as they're filming porn. It was just, hey... We're, 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 the book is taking place at a porn studio where in the other room, porn is being made. Like there isn't a whole, there is the occasional nudity. There are some sex scenes, but they're not like graphic sex scenes. Yeah, I'm just um, saying it would be better. You, you could you know. definitely do Dresden Files on a PG-13 with like a one fucking episode and the occasional boob. Yeah, but I don't want it as PG-13. 
I don't, you know. But I, it it appeals to a wider audience where it's, it's more marketable. And you, that's the thing so many people forget. Doesn't matter if it's Netflix. Doesn't matter if it's Amazon. Doesn't matter if it's Disney+. Plus. You are creating a show not to tell a story, but to be marketable. To either get advertising or to get people to subscribe for a service. And if you create a niche show that's amazing and tells a great story and is like super faithful to the fans, but only the fans want to watch it, it's not going to be successful. Well, then I would counter with the new interview with the vampire show that just came on. It is definitely, you haven't watched it yet, have you? Uh, no, because I don't really care about interviews. It's with actually Vampire. pretty good. I was really surprised by how good it was. I, but I it am definitely not takes a far... the Anne Rice target market. I get that, and I understand that. Uh, but having said that, the new and I think Anne Rice would be really pissed about it too, to be honest with you. But the new they're doing the Anne Rice books now because they're they were all linked. They're doing that as an expanded universe, um, kind of like Marvel and everybody else is doing now, but. The going the, before I get too sidetracked. The thing about Dresden Files is when they did that show originally, they the whole concept of let's do a season as a book or something like that didn't exist back then. So no, when it, they were it doing was still old, basically old TV. It yeah, was, and it just that those those books aren't going to work in that environment. Now that the model has changed and shows are being done differently now, and and networks are hungry, like they're hungry for these kinds of shows. They're well, hungry for authors and stuff. In the last even just 10 years, the landscape of TV has just seismically shift. So like you go to early 2000s even, and you're still, a season of a TV show is 18 to 24 episodes. Yeah, now um, it's eight. And yeah, now, Twelve. It's, now it's eight. If mm-hmm. you're lucky, maybe 10. Um, uh, some of the Star Trek show, well, some of the Star Trek shows, the new ones that are coming on Paramount Plus. I think Discovery, the last one was 14 episodes. Um, Strange New Worlds is going up to, I think, 12 in the new season that's coming out. But I think how it works is if the, if the show is doing good and the budget's there for it and they can get more people to the show, then they'll do more episodes. And, well, and I mean, but that was the, pretty much a European thing. That all started with like Doctor Who and stuff like that. And then it poured over to America. Right. Well, and it was a... It was looking at TV and realizing, like, we can't... So, we've got a budget, and we can either take that budget, and we can make 24 okay episodes, or we can make eight really fucking good episodes. Mm -hmm. Um, I wish... Well, Marvel has decided to start doing that, so I should watch my mouth. But, um, Um, because now they're... Like, Armor Wars was supposed to be a show, and now they're just going to make it a movie, because they were like, a lot of these shows we could have condensed down to, like, well, four I, shows I th- or five shows. I think or... that has a lot more to do with the Eisner, or the return of Eisner, mm-hmm. and the, uh, what's-his-name getting the boot uh, we talked about in the last yeah. episodes. But I support, I, I, I don't mind them doing shorter numbers of shows, as long nope. as the quality is good. No, give me, give me a two-hour TV movie. I don't yeah. care. I mean, and do it with less of a budget than the Marvel... Uh, like actual cinematic movies, but with the same kind of heart, and that's all I care about. Because mm-hmm. um, I guess the Star Wars shows, they're made with a lot less of a budget than the than the movies are. Oh yeah, yeah. And you know, by and large, I'm I'm pretty happy with a, a majority of the Star Wars shows that have come out, and, and I'm I'm happy by and large with most of the Marvel content that's come out too. And it's if you look at the Mandalorian. There is not a huge, like, 
this is distinctly different from the movies. Like, it's not like you can tell the production budget from like, oh, this is a movie and this is a TV show. Um, The only really place it really is noticeable is that all of the Mandalorian is shot on a soundstage. There's no external shots. There's Mm -hmm. no outside. There's no travel to a location and we're going to film. Well, the way that they've got that wraparound screen now, that digital wraparound screen that does everything, they're doing like almost all their shows like that. And it really does, again, it doesn't bother me. It looks fine. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. It's, it's, like it's, I said, it's it's hard to tell the difference yeah. in, in production value. Um, I was very happy to learn that they were going back to like practical modeling, the hero ships and everything, mm-hmm. just to keep that art alive. Um well, it looks better. Mm-hmm. You know, you did, again, it's, you put time and work into making, building those models and doing that stuff with it. It just looks like, because it's funny you should say that, because I was flipping through channels last week and I came across the prequels and, you know, seeing like everything in those was digital and it, it shows like bad. It doesn't, it hasn't aged real well. No. So, so the, the better way to do so, it, in my opinion, is a combination of both of them, best of both worlds. So here, this is an interesting thing. Um... As has been mentioned many times on the show, I am a disciple of Adam Savage. And in his various, like, uh, Q&A... He just built a lightsaber. <laughs> he did. Oh, he's, yeah, I was going to say, um, in his various Q&As, he talks about basically being at ILM for the end of the physical model shop. Like, he was there until they literally closed the doors of the physical model shop. Um, but... If you look at the very early stages of CGI modeling, uh, he points this out, and it's something I always notice, too, is that while the models look really good, they don't look as good as physical models. And the reason is because the guys who were building, the, who were doing digital modeling did not have the institutional knowledge of guys who had done practical modeling of how to make a tiny model look real. Like, the various, like, little effects of, like, how the economy of empty spaces. Mm -hmm. Like, where to fill in spaces, where not to fill in spaces to make scale apparent. Like, how to weather things to make it look believable in a model scale as opposed to a computer model who may not even think about weathering an object. It's just like, I need to put a ship in this thing. And that's why, if you notice, every fucking thing in episode one is built out of chrome. Mm -hmm. Whereas in the original Star Wars trilogy, everything was beat up. It was beat up. It was lived in. It was rusted. There there was weathering on it. And that was something that um, uh, ILM eventually ended up training a lot of their cross-training, their physical modelers, to digital modelers to get that institutional knowledge, to get that idea of like how to make a digital model look like a physical model. They also Where, brought that to uh, to Dune, the last the last incarnation of Oh Dune, yeah, dude. Because they were talking about how when they were flying in the ornithopter, how they had the they had the they used the wraparound screen technology that they used in Mandalorian and that too. And what they discovered is is that the lighting, um, when you're seeing them inside that ship and all this stuff's going in the background, they actually use different color lights on that screen that moved as the ship was supposed to move to change the angle of the lighting. Yeah, because th- this is something we, we mentioned before is um, while the idea of the digital screen is, is an amazing 
use of technology, there are limitations to it. And one of the limitations is the sheer fucking brightness of those LED walls. Mm -hmm. And there's just no way around it. And they're, they're starting to learn how to work with that. But yeah, that was a definite physical thing of like, yeah, it's, it's super bright because if you just the amount of lumens of light, which light is measured in lumens, yeah. um, is just so bright and there's no way to deal with it. That's why I'm curious when the next season of The Mandalorian starts, this will be the new, this will be the latest and greatest incarnation of this tech. And they've been using the Mandalorian for the baseboard, for the the launch pad for all this stuff. Oh my god! So, and they just they just dropped a new trailer for it. Like uh, while I was in Vegas for Shot Show, I was like walking by a bar, and they it was during one of the football games, and it's like new Mandalorian trailer, yeah. and I'm like, stop. Yeah, I'm I'm not gonna lie. I'm lo I'm looking forward to that, and I'm really looking forward to the Ahsoka show. Yeah. So yeah. those are the two big ones that I'm I'm like my eyes really on Marvel wise. There's not a lot coming up from Marvel that I really. I mean, I'll, wa I'll watch whatever they put out there. Same thing with Star Wars. I'll watch yeah. whatever, but... Yeah. Uh, well, it's... Uh, uh, Wakanda Forever just came to Disney+, Plus, so I can watch it. I missed it in theaters. And it's I'm sad. I'm super sad I missed it in theaters. You'll be sad when you watch it. It's an excellent movie, but it's sad. Because um, I, I, I managed to... I fucking managed to see Avatar 2, Electric Boogaloo, in theaters, but I didn't get to see Wakanda forever. Am I bad because I have no interest in seeing that? So here, okay, here is my... Like the idea of a three-hour movie without a bathroom break in the middle of it, kind of like... Uh... Oh, man, it was a photo finish. Like, like I the credits are rolling, and I am making a sprinting record yeah. to the bathroom, and it's like Tom Hanks in a league of their own, leaning against the wall, just... Uh, yeah, that would be me. I, yeah. I wouldn't be able to do it. They, uh, um, Plus, from what I'm told, it's just a compilation, more or less, of all of the movies that James Cameron has made before. No. No, here it, it is. Okay. My 30-second review of Avatar 2. It is gobsmackingly beautiful. Mm -hmm. Like, it is well, beyond a doubt. Like, it is just... Everything about it is beautiful. Everywhere you look, everything is beautiful. The plot is as thin as a piece of paper. Mm -hmm. Like, it is absolutely, like, beat for beat. Like, you just, like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I know exactly what's going to happen. I, like, there is no guesswork. There is no subterfuge. It's like, oh, there's a new reason why the humans are here. Now it's not the mineral. It's some other thing that's super valuable and, like, incredibly destructive. So now there's a new reason why the humans are hated. And it's just, like... Yep, it's gorgeous. I love it. It's beautiful, but like it's it's still when you get right down to it, it's dances with wolves with aliens. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna wait a little while until it either pops up on on TV or there are all. I would recommend like I even saw it in 3D, and I don't do 3D movies. Yeah, and it was just like that super super high def fidelity. Like it's worth it to go see it in movie theaters. I will tell you, pay the twenty bucks. Do the like super X uh, theater performance 3D, um, see it once, and then never think about it again. Yeah, I'll 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 see. Um, <laughs> I'll see. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm I'm literally not in a big hurry. I'm sure it would be beautiful, and I'm sure watching it at home on my giant screen TV, I'd probably be like, wow, I should have saw this in the theater. But the fact that I can go, can we pause this, get up, go to the bathroom, get a pop, you know, or something like yeah. that, that's I'm, that's kind of where I'm at with it, you know, because movies that are that long, 
like with with the bad movie thing with cinema the bad every once in a while we'll, we'll watch a bollywood movie and bollywood movies are there, there's not a bollywood movie you're going to find that's under 2 hour 2 and a half hours and those ones like all right stop everybody run to the bathroom well okay, it's, it's the funny thing is it always remind i remember when dances with wolves came out and like dances with wolves i always felt like was a three and a half hour long movie and it's not. It's only like two hours and like twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. I mean, so it's a long movie, but it's it always feels an hour longer. Like it is the slowest moving movie I have ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, gobsmackingly beautiful, but it's just like ah yes, the White Messiah is here to save the Indians. Yeah, yeah. the white the White Messiah is here to be more Indian than the Indians. Have you watched um? Have you watched the Umbrella Academy at all? I am not. And it's just one of those things where I missed it when it first came out, and I've never just sat down to f- watch it. Um, this last season was really good. It was really well written. Usually with these shows, when we watch them, we're always like, um, okay, this is what's going to happen. You can, you know, because we, we've, I mean, you're the same way. We've watched so many of these movies so many times. Okay, this isn't the scene here. That's going to come back up again. That must be important. There's going to, you know, <laughs> Chekhov's gun. Yeah, some, you know, something like that's going to happen. Whereas this last season, the whole damn season, we were like, "What the hell's going on? What's going to happen now?" You know, it was, it was, it was pretty well done. I will say, I had recommended to me a Netflix show called Alchemy of Souls, um, which is kind of. I was told it's like Harry Potter, but made in Korea with ninjas. Ooh. Okay, now I need to see it. <laughs> and, and and yeah, because uh, I have fallen down the Godfrey Ho Ninja rabbit hole lately, and I you know I, I, yeah. So it's basically like uh, there's, uh, it, it takes place in like some form of ancient Japan, uh, or or like modern Japan, but like with ancient ties. And there's this school for the mystic arts, and there's different, cl- like depending on what kind of mystic martial arts you do, you're into different categories. And, like, people can soul swap through bodies, and that's, like, a big thing. Um, but, yeah, like, I, I, a streamer I watch recommend. Uh, the, one of the guys who I desperately want to try, try to get on this podcast, uh, Greg from How to Drink, mm-hmm. he was doing a live stream and talking about it. And I'm like, fuck, that sounds interesting. I got to watch that. I'll have to add that one to the list. It's the, uh, the same. I love the idea of, like, somebody described John Wick as uh, Harry Potter for assassins. That's a good description for it, but, though. It but really I think is. I think it misses the point that who did that first was World of Darkness, like the Vampire of the Masquerade. Yeah. It was, yeah. it's your world, but there's this extra layer to it that you don't see, but it's happening all around you. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I. I'll have to check that one out. I'll add it to the list. I know it's like, I, God, I got so much shit I need to watch. And we then, fell into the um, Roy Harryhausen. Um, stop motion a- animation. Since we're talking about practical effects and all of these kinds of things, oh yeah, yeah. We watched um, Ringo Starr's Caveman from 1981 the other night, and it's got like the the Rory Harryhausen like stop motion dinosaurs. Ray Harryhausen. Ray Harry. I'm sorry, Ray Harryhausen. I don't know why I said that. And, and then, um, which you're literally us, one letter off. We got. We were like, you know what? We should watch Land of the Lost again. Which Marshall, was Will yeah. and Holly. On a routine yeah. expedition. It is as bad as we remembered it. It's funny. To, it's Now it's bad and it's funny to watch. You know, it's like, oh my God, you know? Well, uh, oh man. So Ray Harryhausen, 
leads me to think of George Melies, the father of basically cinema special effects, into the fact that Metropolis just entered the public domain this year. Yeah, I'm wondering what's going to happen with that. Like Disney, like Disney also has, I think, don't they go into public domain this year too with Mickey Next Mouse? Next year. Yeah. Next year, Mickey Mouse officially becomes public domain, and I don't think there is anything else Disney can do about it. Well, we'll see. Money talks. Yeah, but... Uh, um, but Metropolis like, going into the public domain, though, I don't think anybody's going to mess with that. Well, it's... it's uh, So one of the streaming services is developing Metropolis as a TV show. There are a group of, like, film people who are talking about trying to make a homage to Metropolis, but trying to, like, keep it in the original uh, style of, like, silent animation and recreate it as kind of a passion project. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. See, the thing is, is that movie, as old as it is... is oh, so my God, old. it is so relevant right it's now. so, so, so relevant. Like, uh, you could watch that movie and be like, yeah, that's that's what this is, you know? Yeah, for, uh, and for it, those of you... It ages been... so well. It's like... So as much as I hate uh, It's a Wonderful Life, uh, people will say like, oh yeah, the reason It's a Wonderful Life is still relevant is because the main character's quote of like, oh, $5, $5,000 doesn't seem much to measure a man's life against is like, yeah, that, that, that's still true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where Miss Metropolis now, especially when the age of AI and robots and all of these things that are happening and... The the idea of the mass worker going in and just punching, you know, just slaves well, to the that, machine and all that, that. That was what it is. It was a, it was a rally against classism. Mm-hmm. Is that you have this elite class that literally lives underneath or lives on top of the working class who toil just to keep them, uh, just to keep their lives functioning. Yep. And with the special effects and everything, if it's done properly and with respect, you know, and if it has a good script and everything, yeah, I could totally see it being redone, but I'm just going to, I'd be really pissed if it was done poorly. Mm-hmm. They you did know? an anime version of it, uh, like mid, to, like in the early 2000s, I think. Mm-hmm. I've never seen, I've never seen it, but it's one of those things that's always in my, like, hey, eventually I'll get around to watching it lists. Mm-hmm. Well, Queen used it for uh, Night at the Opera, I believe that was the album. That they they there was a video that they did that had segments of Metropolis in it, and was it Radio Gaga? Ah, maybe Radio Gaga. I think it's Radio Gaga because Queen. I'm I'm also a big Queen fan. Queen's weird. They've either got songs that are fantastic or songs that are like eh. There's no in between for Queen, but most yeah. of Queen stuff I really like. I've I've always been a fan of Queen, so. Um, I think I was watching the uh, last year I was watching the video. I had it on just random play on my computer and that got me all like, man, I should watch Metropolis again. And then I think I posted about it in cinema Labad. but, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think that movie's going to be treated with a lot more reverence and respect as opposed to when Mickey mouse becomes public domain, you're going to see oh, people man, get is... really nasty with that because domain. Disney has fucked so many people mm-hmm. that it's just like, oh, it's it's all coming out. And then at that point, what's Disney? They're going to have to copyright a new logo, or I don't know how they're going to do it. I don't know what they're going to do. I'm so sure they're it's... already actively working on it at this point. About... So it's, they can't, it's not the specific image of Mickey Mouse. So it's not like Disney can say, oh, Oh, only Steamboat Willie black and white Mickey is 
is uh, public domain. No, it is the character, Mickey Mouse, in all of his incarnations, is now public domain. Mm-hmm. Um, so anybody can create the character Mickey Mouse. You can't have anybody else in the Disney, but you can do Mickey Mouse. Yeah, and people are going to go apesh. I mean, it'll, it'll be fun to watch what people do. You know, you're going to see Mickey Mouse dildo. I don't know, whatever, you know. Well, and it's um, when all the hubbub happened about AI art a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a pushback movement from artists saying, hey, uh, dis- or technically, by definition, AI-generated art is uncopyrightable. So if you feed the right questions into AI art and it starts kicking out stuff that looks a lot like Disney characters, Disney technically can't do shit about it yeah. because it's not copyright infringement because AI art even though it's pulling stuff off the internet to do it from, and even though it might be pulling licensed stuff off the internet, the art itself is uncopyrightable. I do love AI art. I really do. I mean, I just we just did a show about it on my show a little while ago. Yeah, I'm still super fucking pissed that I was not involved in that. I'm sorry. I, had, I already had it all. <laughs> yeah. So, like, but. the one guy who has been, like, the the true disciple of cyberpunk and AI and all of that technology. No, no, no. We won't call John. Sorry. <laughs> okay, I'll forgive you. But and because I've I've messed around with it, I've actually played with some AI art and I've tried to do it, and it's not as easy oh, no, as everybody no, no. thinks it is. And there's actually an art in getting the tools to do what you want to do. And I don't look at it and go. This is an art. This is artificial intelligence, but it, it it's, is and it's art. not technically artificial intelligent. It's just broad search terms and, blend, and blending and it together. Blending. And the true art comes into telling it what to do to get the image that you want to get to so, make it blend a certain way. So, um, and when along with AI artwork is like the ride of chatbot or the rise of chatbots mm-hmm. and AI chatbots who are like the the idea that somebody can go to a chatbot, a, a child can go to a chatbot and say, write me a five-page paper about the Grapes of Wrath and its impact on American literature of the grade level of a fifth or of an eighth grade middle school. And that this can be, like, you will just generate this term paper that Mm -hmm. this child should have written and how there is currently not an easy way. Actually, in the last couple of months, there is technology out there now that is, looks for key things in those papers to say, it can't say for sure that this is written by AI, but it can say this is most likely written by AI. We can't say for certain. Here's the scary part. Within the last month, the people who have made this technology have come out and said, yes, it can do more, but we're not putting that out there yet. Like they're the... Well, it's it's like any tech... Well, it's like any computer program. The more the program is used the more functional it becomes and the more bugs are worked out. Yeah. Uh, and this is technically learning software. Uh, it's pushing towards what we consider maybe AI, but it's not 
true AI. No, not, not yet. But they are saying that very soon the technology will exist where it'll be able to create whole movies. Mm-hmm. You know, which I kind of want to see. And I'm not going to look at it and go, well, this isn't a movie because it's AI. Again, there is an art form to being able, like, yes, you so it, able to make a movie, like, but people may be able to make a good movie behind right. it. It's, it reminds me of, like, the Oracle of Delphi. Like, the Oracle of Delphi will answer a question for you and potentially tell you about the future, but it's very de- he- was very heavily dependent on you asking the right questions. Yes. Um, and it's the same thing with, like, people who are really good at Google searching stuff. It's knowing how to ask the right questions mm-hmm. to get the results you want. Anybody can ask, like, broad questions, but to get, like, the Muppets doing Mad Max... Yeah, or, I tried or, no, to no, get no, it. No, 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 I take it back. Uh, the the Muppet characters as Cenobites. I, like, yeah, you that really got to know like the right wording. Because I tried to sit down and I, I tried to sit down and see if I could get AI to do Muppet Dune, and then I also tried to get it to do like an, uh, an Andy Sidaris movie with Muppets. Because mm-hmm. the people that I watch movies with, we were joking around. I'm like, I wonder if we can get it to make Andy Sidaris like hard ticket to Hawaii done with Muppets. And I just try as hard because there's also a thing where you can take an image and then take another image and say, blend these two images together. Yeah. That's image blending. So I try to take the movie poster for hard ticket to Hawaii and a picture of Miss Piggy and Kermit the frog. And it just, it just couldn't get it done. It couldn't, I worked with it for hours and finally I gave up and I'm like, yeah, there actually is, there is a skill to this. And at that point I began to realize this is the same as somebody who's really good at Photoshop or, goes down to an artist with a paintbrush. I mean, an artist, you put a paint on thing, but you still, just because you can paint a line doesn't mean you can blend with it and all that kind of stuff. All right, folks, this is a good place to cut the episode off before it gets too long. We will have the second half of this episode where we talk about the Wizards of the Coast and the OGL fiasco. Uh, coming soon, and I hope you enjoy this, but until then... End of line. Over? Did you say over? Nothing is over until we decide it is! Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! German? Forget it, he's rolling. And it ain't over now! So, what's the plan? Take off. Go to Mum's, kill Phil, sorry, grab Liz, go to the Winchester, have a nice cold pint, and wait for all this to blow over. Might as well write them off. Let's close up the bridge. Let's get out of here. Close it up, lights out. Where are you headed, cowboy? Nowhere special. Nowhere special. I always wanted to go there. We're going streaky! All right, come on! Nothing to see here! Please disperse! Nothing to see here! Please!